This is Influencing Insider, the weekly webinar that interviews Australia and New Zealand's best journalists about how they like to work with communications professionals. To view our complete library of episodes and register for the live shows, head to influencing.com forward slash insider. The first time I realised how powerful influencing could be was with a former business of mine where we made an innovation with Craft Gin and I'd done a couple of media releases previously but to be honest the storytelling wasn't great, the headlines weren't great but this time I had a good story, uh, something relevant to say and a good headline and suddenly it went viral. Um, we were getting features in Financial Review, GQ, Gourmet Traveller, um, and we ended up selling a quarter of a million bottles of gin uh, inside of three months. And it all started with the media release from Influencing. Hi and welcome to Influencing Insider. I'm your host, Mike Woodcock. Joining us today is Michael McHugh. Michael is the founder and editor of MindFood, a monthly magazine and website and newsletter featuring coverage around health, food, travel, culture, news, style, technology, and more. Welcome, Michael. I'm okay. I'm not nearly as busy as what you sound, though. <laughs> Today is actually seen the cover day. And I tell you what, as planned as you can be, I've been doing this for 15 years, this job. It's still crazy town, you know? Absolutely yeah. crazy. No, send the cover day is a good day, though. Yes, <clears> it <throat> is. Because once you've sent it, you get to relax for a little bit, and then you get the boxes back and... You get to open them and smell them. I know. There's nothing like it, I've got to tell you. So can you tell me a little bit more about Mind Food? Um, what, what other areas you cover um, and, and how it all sort of came about? Well, it's all about smart thinking. Uh, I guess that's the, the kernel of it all. Um, it's, a range, it's across a range of different subject matter. So it's almost like seven magazines in one. Health, food and travel are our big sort of drivers, of, if you like. Uh, we've been going 15 years, so uh, I guess our average age is about 45. So if you were 45 when you started buying us, you're now 60. And if you're 60, you're 75. So we've become very aware as a team of making sure we keep all those readers, but also attracting more readers. Because really for 15 years, not a lot has changed. It's the same sort of subject matter. You know, we lead with community. We then go into health. There's beauty, obviously, travel and food and drink. Um and, you know, we've got a great range of um, writers, um, the staff we've had for many, many years. So I, I think in some ways, MindFood is almost like a security blanket. You know, there's so many brands and magazines that have either sold or closed over the, those 15 years. We're still there and we're very happy doing what we're doing, as are our readers. And we hear a lot from our readers, you know. Whatever I seem to write in our in my editorial, I'll get some sort of um, feedback from them. So we've learned in lots of ways. Mind Food has a place out there for a lot of people in their lives, their busy lives, and it's helping them along that life, their life. Um, it's introducing them to new themes, new ideas, big ideas, some small ideas. But I think more than anything, it's a reassuring sort of hug, if you like, yeah. both locally and um, globally. Let's let's talk about that audience a little bit more, if that's if we can. Um, 
<coughs> excuse me, a little bit earlier, you, you said when we were off camera that you'd started out um, with one particular demographic in mind, but it's since shifted. Could, could we have a talk about, um, or can we understand who the audience is exactly, what sort of age bracket, how it breaks down, and, and how do you stay connected? Sure. Look, I, I hate falling into that gap, you know, when people go into ad agencies and they start talking marketing speak. Hmm. But our core reader is a very smart, intelligent, busy, high disposable income reader. Surprisingly, though, in 15 years, we have attracted 25% are actually male readers. And a lot of them are um, handed on from that, that initial purchase, or they're buying it together and they love it. And there are sections within that magazine, that print uh, magazine, that they love. And they'll go to every, um, every issue that it comes to. For us, very early on in sort of that first year, the, the core age was 42, 45. It's probably sitting now around 45 to 50 in there, which is a great, great demographic. You know, like for us, they have money. They're smart. They know what they like. They know the clothes they like. They know the products they want to buy. They want to read stories that will help them um, with their mental health, with their emotional health. They want to read stories of travel that will be about escapism, but also travel destinations that they want to book and go to or one day book and go to. Um, they love the puzzle section. Who doesn't love a Sudoku? Um, you know, they love reading about people and people's lives and, and how, how people are coping in, in the world. So for us, for example, COVID was a really interesting time because... We always have covered with celebrities. Whatever the big movie was that was releasing, we always had a uh, celebrity on the cover. Mm -hmm. Well, of course, with COVID, movies shut down. No one went to movies. We really had to kind of rethink, well, what do we cover with? And so we came up with the, the idea of we wanted to really go to market with wisdom, cover with people that were wise, people that wanted someone that people really wanted to listen to or there was respect there. And so our first big sort of step away from a, you know, a major movie celebrity was David Attenborough. And yeah. I've got to tell you, that year we covered with him, it was the best year, uh, best sales that year. We did it the next year, again, the best sales. So we've probably got a bit braver in terms of not just relying on the it celebrity for that month. Mm. And so then we did things like Jane Goodall, um, you know, an extraordinary environmentalist, um, Ronnie Khan from Oz Harvest. Uh, we created the colour issue. So again, a real departure for us and that just one whole theme was all about um, colour. Um, you know, we'd done food and drink issues, travel issues, all that sort of stuff, but to just really migrate to something quite different. And they all have done very well for us. So I think in some ways, after 15 years and really listening to our readers, we've probably got a little bit braver and not worried about sort of, well, if it doesn't work, at least it's worth having to try and a crack and, and seeing how it goes. Exactly, exactly. you, you got to try new things. When you did make that change um, away from sort of um, safe uh, covers, how did you change? Did it change the way that you saw stories and, and, and reached out and put together stories? You were talking uh, for a little while earlier about how long you've had some of your staff on board. Um, so I, I just wanted to explore that a little bit. Um, how are you sourcing stories? Um, how did it change? And um, do you use freelancers, things like that? Sure, we use a lot of freelancers, um, you know, all around the world and, and locally. Um, 
you know, I remember one freelancer based in LA always would start her celebrity copy with what the celebrity was wearing. You know, they'd walk into the interview, they'd walk into the hotel. And it was actually a reader who wrote to me and said, oh, would you just stop writing about what they physically looked and, and wore? And we too were getting sick of that with this writer's sort of intro, what seemed to be every um, feature. And so mm. it has made us stop and think about the style of content with those cover stories and the layering up of information. So, for example, the new edition that we're seeing today, there's a lot of different panels and sort of layering of different information from the interview the person gave us. And that might seem quite simple now, but it has actually been a journey for us, I guess, to get us there to really work out how to mind food that rather than just running, you know, a pretty what in some cases might have been a pretty prescriptive, you know, celebrity uh, interview. So how are you, um, how are you sourcing stories right now? Are you, do you take pictures from PR folks? Um, and if so, who we send them out to? Um, and how do you bridge between the, the things you print and the things that you run online? So, you know, things have obviously changed in the 15 years and the importance mm. of a PR company or PR professionals has just, I guess, influenced media a, a great deal more than it ever did 15 years ago. Um, I'm still sort of fairly sceptical of PR because they've always got something to push. It's often a brand um, or someone else's product. And so, you know, I still get junior PRs trying to you know, they'll send me an email and it'll be about a new bottle and a new bottle lid and they can't quite understand why MindFood wouldn't run that. Mm. So what annoys me the most is, you know, it's a blanket email. You're sending it to everyone. You don't actually appreciate or spend the time to understand MindFood or MindFood's audience or what we do. So a lot, I have to say, is delete. Mm. However, having said that, there will be a great idea that'll come amongst them all that I think, yeah, that's great. We just need to mind food this. And then we'll talk as a team internally. And then we'll go back to them and say, look, we're interested, but we need this, this and this, or could we look at this? Then, of course, I've been in the industry for quite a while. So, you know, I know quite a few PR people and, and um, contacts. And so they will know, you know, that this story is kind of perfect for mind food or could be perfect for mind food. And then we will, you know, talk about what that could be. Um, but the other thing, too, is we really do support our advertisers. Hmm. And as I explained to a lot of PR people, well, if they're not going to support us, if they're not going to put money behind um, my brand and my audience, why should I support them? And I think more and more media is sort of realising that um, a lot of the funding, perhaps for what was traditional um, advertising in magazines and online, has gone to PR. Um, it's got to be a cut both ways because I'm not saying we don't only look after advertisers because a good story could come along. We think, no, that's perfect for us. Yep. A good mind food story. But um, yeah, it's, it's interesting. That part of our commissioning seems to have grown in terms of that reach and context. Mm. And then we've got a lot of freelance writers all around the world that we work with and have done, and they're still on board, you know, 15 years later. And they will be specialists in areas that, you know, we like their writing, they know how to deliver copy and, and how we like it delivered or, yeah. or the idea. Um, we're, we're pitched every day. There's a lot that comes near us. And so I guess in lots of ways, you know, being the owner and, and the guy who started it and, and 
day in day out, I have to. I've learned how to say no. Yeah, but, I mean that's that's an important part of things. Now, essentially, protecting the reader because the reader is at the core of our world. Yep. And if I'm going to run some of that content. It's it's not going to work for us. So let's say that I had um, a piece on an upcoming um, uh, major celebrity concert. Um, let's say I had an interview or, or an in with, say, Taylor Swift, which is firmly on my radar at the moment because I've got a 14-year-old daughter that very much wants to go. So I, I, personally, I'm tracking, you know, I'm waiting for the tour dates and the announcements and all that sort of stuff. Um, let's say I, I'm a PR. I've got a story about um, Taylor Swift. Um, and how would I share that with you? Um, how would I mind food it? Because I've heard you use that. Um, how would I mind food that for you in order to, I suppose, make it stand out in your email a little bit better? Sure. Well, as soon as I hear the word Taylor Swift, it's immediate no for me because okay. I don't think our demographic would do that. Um, yes, sure. they have daughters or granddaughters that would probably go to the concert. Yeah. So there potentially could be something in there for us. Yeah. But when you're busy and you're getting lots of emails, it's like, nah, Taylor Smith's not, you know, Taylor Swift's not us. Yep. However, if someone then presented and say, look, Taylor Swift actually. Um, is connecting with mums or grandmothers because of her songs or this is her outlook in life. or And we actually think she is a bit of a smart thinker because there is a connection there with mindful readers because. Yeah. I don't know that. I don't, I don't know that connection. I don't have that background on that person, so I don't know. All I see is, you know, her at Met Gala or turning up at, you know, she's got a new boyfriend or a new yeah, album release. That's all I know, or, or young girls screaming for her. So that's yeah. all I know. That's all I have to take on that. Yeah. But then sometimes, of course, PR people get very offended that, oh, God, he's turned down Taylor Swift. That's all I know. You haven't sold it to me. Yeah. So unless so make you that connection me, with this the readership. is why it's great for my audience, I'm not going to agree to it. No, perfect. Thank you so much for, for you giving me that example and, and using that example for our audience. In fact, Jamie's come through with a question. Um would MindFood be interested in doing media for mills for places or activities that would be of interest to people in the 45 to 50 age range? Yes. And we have learned um, over the last few years, MindFood readers love walking. They love walking. They love going on uh, travel destinations that have walking and what I call soft adventure. So we actually do an adventure edition in November and, you know, it's – it's not quite throw yourself off on a bungee cord. It's probably softer adventure, but adventure in the same way. So you, you, you're going to a, a different part of the world or a different location where you would live and you're, you know, partaking in an activity that has some element of adventure in it. It could be a walk. It could be a hike. It could, you know, whatever. So, yes, definitely. More and more our readers are really looking for that. Fantastic. What's the best email for us to push out um, uh, a contact or a suggestion to you? So you can send it to me, michael at mindfood.com, or our editor, donna at mindfood.com. Fantastic. Thank you. Um, you've talked very briefly about um, having an established relationship with some PR folks out there. And I imagine the ones that self select with, you know, knowing your brand, knowing your audience, approaching the right way. Um, how do you like to start that relationship? Is it with an email pitch? Is it with coffee? Is it a phone call um, or a Zoom? That's a really good question. I, you know, when I look back on how those relationships have really sort of maintained, mm. they've always been ones that I've come across either at an event and we've kind of got along and we've just maintained that relationship or a famil or, um, or perhaps it's one of their staff that I've kind of engaged with and, and we've just developed very good 
connections in terms of also an outcome, you know, whatever the strategy was, but we've really pursued it and, and created something great. Um, you know, like everyone, I'm really busy, so I don't need a lot of pampering. But, yeah, if, if someone mm. wants to, can I meet you for a coffee or a breakfast or whatever and, you know, half an hour, whatever, let's talk about what you've got, great. Um, but I think the secret of the success of Mind Food is that we know when to say no. Yeah. Um, because it's it's sort of funny as as I've grown with Mind Food, stuff that we've said no to, I've seen turn up in other media, and I think, oh wow, they picked that up and didn't even change it. You know, like they didn't they didn't make it their own. Yeah. And I think that's a real issue for people because now there's just so much. You know, there's mm. just um, you know everyone's an editor, everyone's an influencer, everyone's an expert, everyone knows everything. And so you really have to be um, quite defined in your editing. And for us, as I said before, the reader is at the core of our world mm. and making sure that we are creating content for that um, reader. So so with that content, we've looked at the print, I suppose, um, looking at the, the newsletter and the website. Um, first off, how important is video to you these days? Um, and what sort of deadlines and timeframes do you work around with, with the digital um, formats? Well, we're just about to launch Mind Food Podcast. Okay. That launches this weekend. And for the last six weeks, I have been interviewing lots of different people. Um, and that's been really exciting because what was happening was it was a lot of PR people were coming to us with great ideas, great people. Um, you know, the print offering can only take so much. And sometimes the online can only do so much, you yeah. know. Once we've interviewed them, run a, you know, it's kind of it. Whereas the podcast has been really great because it's really brought to life um, sort of people that I probably would have said no to the magazine in lots of ways, but they had a kernel of something they were doing that was kind of different and I knew it would help Mind Food readers. And it's been really interesting seeing that come to life in the podcast. I know you haven't seen or heard them yet, but I'm quite excited about that. Um, newsletters, well, we send lots, hundreds and hundreds of thousands of newsletters out every day, every week, every month. That's very exciting to see. You know, like I love, for example, we do a style one today that went out today, and I love every story in that. I thought, God, all these headlines are great, you know, and I emailed the staff member who did it because they're just right on brand for that particular newsletter. Mm. Um, food obviously is huge for us, you know, from day one, everything's been in season and, um, that hasn't stopped, you know, um, obviously over the years, it's been a lot more around diet and, you know, diet, I never wanted the word diet on the cover. Diet yeah. was an ugly word, made people feel guilty, but of course it's now people are just dying for lots of stuff around gut health, you know, it was sugar sort of 10 years ago. So diet, particularly for older people, is huge, you know, having a healthy diet. So we have to read all that and make sure that what we're presenting is right on and, and great and accurate and also new thinking, you know, because there's so much information out there and it, and it comes back again to that editing. But no, online and digital podcast video is very important for us mm. um, and newsletters um, Instagram, you know, Pinterest is crazy. We have millions and millions of followers on Pinterest. Really? And we've broken it down to so many different sections, you know, food and food styling and Christmas food and travel destinations and homes and looks. Mm. 
that has been a big surprise for me because it's so visually driven. Yeah. You know, I'm always thinking, well, hang on, what is the interview or words or meat and potatoes behind it? But it's kind of nice to see that Pinterest does so well for us. Yeah, I, I used to be quite um, interested in Pinterest. Um, I, I do a little sketching and drawing and painting. I used to use it as a, as a I suppose, a place to store source imagery for, for concepts, things like that. But Instagram, I just can't keep track of everything in the day. And mm. Kathy Gunn's popped up here and says, thanks for your insights, Michael. I can see you're a painter as well as an editor. <laughs> yes. So you're yes. a painter yourself. I am. Yes, I do paint as well. Okay, let's have that conversation, but not now. But I, I would very much like to talk to you more about that. Okay, um, Georgie Robinson's asked, um, as PR based in regional uh, New South Wales, I work with a lot of high-caliber rural women who are, having ch who are changing the social fabric of their communities and seeing it change around them. All of them have got incredible backstories. Is this something Minefield would be interested in hearing about? None of them have anything to sell. 100%. 100%. Because they... In lots of ways, I always love finding those people that don't come from that slick corporate world or don't have PR companies and, and almost don't know how it works. Mm. And, you know, I've really learned this also in podcasts. Once you start talking to people and you kind of leave that world behind and you start talking to them about their backstory or their experiences stuff, that's when the magic and gold happens. And for us and our readers, that's what they love. So, yes, any regional... Um, story that involves women that have identified something in their community and gone out there to create it or change the thinking, that is perfect mind food material for us. Okay. Georgie Quigley's um, jumped in with a really specific pitch here that, that as I was reading it, you were answering the question, I think. Bit of a specific question here for you, Michael. Would Mindfood be interested in a feature story with a family-owned premium single-source dairy based in New South Wales that is on track to become Australia's first circular dairy by 2025, uh, highlighting their innovative practices, advocating for small independent producers and encouraging consumers to keep these small, small businesses in business? Um, sadly, a few family-owned dairies have had to close recently. And, yeah, I, yeah. That's something that um, I've seen. Yeah, and I am. And, you know, this is the thing. Um, it's up to us then to really write that story in a way mm. that we can identify with it. Because the outtake for that is there will be readers that read that will, that will also be small business owners or live in the regions or perhaps maybe want to do that. And so all that learning around that family's experience is perfect material for us, just perfect. Perfect. Well, expect an email from Georgie, I would think. I think so. <laughs> um, Kathy's asked, uh, I'm wondering how Kiwi or Australia-centric you're looking for or can it be a bit of a crossover? Oh, absolutely, crossover. So we have two editions. We have one in New Zealand and one in New Zealand. The main editorial team sits in Sydney. Um, we have staff in New Zealand. Yep. And probably about... Um, 80, 85% is the same in both editions. Um, but we'll Kiwi fired or Aussie it. But then there'll be Aussie stories that are specific that will only run in, um, you know, the Australian version or the New Zealand version. It depends. Sometimes we cover uh, just with an Australian for Aussie or a Kiwi for New Zealand, but pretty much they also get the same uh, cover as well. Yeah. And, and you're based in Sydney? Yeah. Great. 
Great. Um, look, I think that's all we have time for today, but there is one question I do want to get to, and, and thank you for spending so much time with us. I know we've gone way past what we what we asked you originally. That's okay. Um, is, what's something that stands out for you, a story that you've worked on or, or a cover that you've seen MindFood do, um, and, and you're just you're really happy with the work, You really something that stands out for you? Someone's saying, I know, I know. What? Oh, yes, yes, yes. We did a story about raising boys. Okay. Um, and that was really quite extraordinary, the flow on from that. So that was an idea we had as a group. We went out to um, a writer. She might have come to us, I think, with an initial idea around that, but then we really kind of got in and, and packed in behind it. But that story uh, was enormous. We got so much feedback from... Um, into the mag and then we put it online and it was our biggest uh, story for a long, long time online. In fact, the writer of that is one of my guests on my podcast. Right. Um, but I love it when a story like that goes, who knows, it could be this family with a dairy, um, small business, because it, it makes people think and they can identify in their own lives and take those ideas and tips into their own lives and thinking. And I guess that's what MindFood's about. It is about smart thinking. But when you hear experts or other people with a story, you think, oh, yeah, that, I, I think that. Or, oh, wow, I'd never thought of it like that. Yeah. Or, oh, God, I'm going to do that. That's a good idea. It's all those things, you know, and I think that just helps people in their life. Michael, thank you so much for sharing that with me. Would you be able to send us a link um, here in the studio to that story, um, sure. and, and and also your um, your uh, media kit if you've if you've got one that we can Absolutely. share out? I'll yep. share that out with all our audience and all the folks that um, expressed interest in this today, so that we've all got um, a reference point back for you after that. Okay. Um, and I'd love to make a time to maybe come out and see you and talk about some of those ideas and also um, find out a bit more about your artistic side. Good on you. Thanks, Mike. Have a great day. Thanks so much for taking some time today. Appreciate okay. it, Michael. See you. Bye. Bye for now. Thanks for joining us on Influencing Insider. That was Michael McHugh from MindFood. I do hope you join us next week. Until then, bye for now.